Guess who's in that cryptocurrency game, boys? Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum. Shit, I'm even in one called Bubble Coin. Look, it's called blockchain, you. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. I've been doing this for three weeks, so yeah, I'm sort of an expert. God, I knew this was a bubble. God, I knew it! A 500, baby, never a doubt. Oh no, it's crashing. It's crashing! I'm seriously thinking about putting everything I got into it. Shit. Woo! No, 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 no. Hell yes. And the night got deathly quiet. And his face lost all expression. Said, if you're gonna play the game, boy, you gotta learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the dealing's done. Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing and what to throw. I, 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 did, I did my bachelor party in Taiwan. Oh, you did? And then my buddy, he, he oh got married God. first. We, we, got, we went to Shanghai and Hong Kong. Oh, Jesus. We got to have like an after dark episode that you can tell me, <laughs> tell me no, about. No, but it, uh... it's, it's, it, no, it's, just, it's also it's just like a cool excuse to have all your boys get together. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, in Taiwan. Yeah, well, I have like one of our, our good friends. He lives in Hong Kong, so he just—it's easy for him too. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's, uh, yeah. It's, it's a good, good excuse. Good excuse. Well, speaking of <sighs> uh, debauchery, let's jump right in. Let's do it. To pencil problems. This is episode number thirteen. Wow. Where pencil problems is a show where Kent and Nick talk about problems that sound important. But aren't and dude? This is three months, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. And I, I feel like the we're talking about a very timely topic tonight. I don't think I think it's a topic we can revisit at a later time. There's so much to talk about that we don't want to go. I don't think we want to go too deep because it's just a it's a massive topic, but. We did promise mm-hmm. the five listeners that we would be talking about crypto tonight. So is that is that still the plan? Yeah, let's talk about crypto, man. Um, I don't have a great structure for this, so I, I, I <laughs> what motivated this, I guess, is like you put together a bit of a um, crypto investment deck of like, hey, let's. This is how I, I I'd invest uh, your portfolio if it's Bitcoin, Litecoin, um, Ethereum, whatever, and. Um, I started just researching Bitcoin and it's really weird because there is so much like the blockchain tech behind it is pretty cool. And I wonder how many people actually read about this or know how Bitcoin, what what it is, what like your wallet is, all this, like just what blockchain is and people are just blindly investing in this. There must be two thirds of the money is probably just blind Joe public money mm-hmm. pouring in, right? It must be, right? Or or the FOMO, you know, because so the, the big announcement, the reason why it's so timely and why everything is going crazy is the you can now trade futures on yeah. the on the open market. So yeah. a stockbroker in New York can tell his clients to buy Bitcoin futures instead of a commodity like gra or soy or mm-hmm. cattle or something like that. So 
or a public stock, right? It's a mm-hmm. it's a security now, and that did exactly what everybody thought was going to happen, which just legitimized it to a certain degree. We're talking Bitcoin now, yeah, and, for sure. But then what happens is because Bitcoin is the mother cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. it, it just has this trickle effect where every coin got elevated, and you really had, you know, by some estimations, you know, ten or fifteen millionaires minted in the past three or four days because of because of this so it's been a very exciting slash crazy slash yeah feverish kind of week and i'm not qualified or old enough to know what a bubble looks like and but it by all external measures from people like ray dalio and these famous hedge fund and like students of the markets look at this and say, oh yeah, this is exactly what the dot-com boom looked like. This is exactly Mm -hmm. what the, whatever. uh, Well, the housing market, man. Sure. The housing market or go back a hundred years when some other commodity that nobody knew about at the time came onto the scene. Like this is a predictive model and it's probably not going to stay like this. And, and then you've got the really feverish, mainly computer science, almost libertarian anarchists, who are saying, no, you you suits just don't understand this. You think it's a bubble. It's not a bubble. And there's no bottom. It's going to keep going up. And I mean, there is a, we can talk about this. There is kind of a bottom or sorry, a top in that cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Litecoin, which are two of the more popular ones, they have a finite supply. So there will only mm-hmm. be 21 million Bitcoin. There will only be... Uh, what is it? 82 million uh, Litecoin. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Then there's never going to be more of them. But that's not stopping somebody from forking Bitcoin again, which is essentially what Litecoin was, and creating a new coin. And then there'll be another whole stream of value created. So, okay. So, do, do you think there's, there's real solid value in Bitcoin 10 years from now? I do. But yeah, I do. And. At a high level, my thinking on all this stuff is, and it's it's not a not a new opinion here, but this cryptocurrency blockchain is is here to stay. It's mm-hmm. it's like it's like HTTP or yeah yeah a pro, it's, it's a protocol. Anywhere. It's a, it's yeah. a it's a way of organizing data. It's a mm-hmm. it's a data structure that mm-hmm. is distributed and public and. Um, decentralized and it's not going anywhere. So that's going to be here for a long time. Yep. Is is Bitcoin going to be here for a long time? Is Litecoin? Is Golem? Is Augur? Is Melon? Is Lumen? These are all tokens. Who who knows? And I don't think anybody knows. So the well, I, I, what, what do you think happens when Bitcoin hits hits the limit? When all twenty one million coins are available and distributed I, I what, think the pr- what, what happens then i think the price is going to keep going up so i'm of the camp that the best time to buy bitcoin was yesterday and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the price is you buy bitcoin if you can if you believe in this and you want to get into this asset class you know mm-hmm. you you just buy because it's it's completely undervalued it's still okay. undervalued at 26000 or whatever it's at uh, actually we did make a prediction here, so I think we were both wrong. <laughs> Fuck, that's just something ridiculous, like thirty five. Thirty five. I think I said twenty seven. 
it's uh, 21. So we are a little off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but Litecoin quadrupled and Ethereum doubled. So it's just been a, it's been a tumultuous week. Anyway, but so I think that the, the, yeah, the, the value is going to keep going up. And no, no, but but, but what, what what happens when it hits the limit? So when it hits the limit, now um, does it become a stable form of currency that people can trade for goods? Uh, it's you know, it's funny as I was reflecting on us talking about this. I think the answer, it's you really what we should do when we talk about this again is bring on a, a real expert because I my answer is always I don't really know. I think my from my limited understanding is what will happen as you approach the 21 million mark, the price will continue to go up, but mm-hmm. the fluctuations will be less and less. So yeah, it, it will not be jumping $10,000, $5,000 a week. It will, it will be a very expensive, relatively stable value, which yeah. means that if you then wanted to actually build a currency or, or, or uh, try to peg it to a currency to form some kind of real commerce around it, it would be it would be easy to do that. But mm-hmm. that's still ten years away, and Bitcoin suffers from this problem of as the network gets bigger, it gets slower. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the but that also makes it more secure too. Makes it way more secure. But again, if you think about what you need in a in a payment system, you know it. it sure, I could buy you know, a watch from you, if it takes seven hours to find out if I have the money to buy the watch, it's a pretty inefficient system. Mm-hmm. And right now it's taking about seven to 10 hours to confirm a Bitcoin trade. So mm-hmm. that's not, that's not great. This is why Bitcoin had this. If you, if you're following this or if you've been interested in it, Bitcoin recently forked into this thing called, so there's BTC, which is Bitcoin and then uh, BCH, which is Bitcoin cash. Mm-hmm. And you had this these two division, you had these two factions inside Bitcoin. One of them saying Bitcoin is like gold; it's a reserve currency. It's it's there's only going to be so again. The good analogy of Bitcoin is it's gold because there's a finite amount of it. Mm-hmm. It's mi- you know it's mined or you know basically that just means that um, transactions get verified and people who verify transactions get a, a little bit of a reward for verifying those transactions. That's what, that's all mining is. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to wrap your head around. Like if you yeah. found gold under your house right now, you would be very rich, but eventually the gold would be gone and, and that's it. Right. So, but then the other group was saying, no, no, if, if we make these decisions now, we're at this crucial point where it, we can still go back. We can still have, speed and transaction um like we can still make this something quick basically mm-hmm. it's all about speed so then they forked and did bitcoin cash which is very similar to litecoin which is a much faster way to confirm transactions on the blockchain we don't need to get into why it just has mm-hmm. to do with the uh basically the the way to think about it is you you get rewarded for verifying transactions and on the standard bitcoin network now the verification process is quite complicated maybe it's like doing a calculus problem mm-hmm. whereas on the bitcoin cash network it's like doing arithmetic so you need much less power you need much less 
Awesome. All right, sorry about that. We had a bit of a technical glitch there. So uh, anyway, back where we were on, where were we on? Uh, you were on talking the, about the speed Bitcoin, network. Like, yeah. Bitcoin Cash versus Litecoin, both of them trying to play towards speed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and again, I think the, the ultimate here is that you have a decentralized currency that lets you buy things without the government getting involved. That was the original impetus behind Bitcoin. After the financial mm. crash, who, this Satoshi, whether it was one person or a group of people, it's, it's a beautiful piece of computer science lore. You should look up the story if you want to you know, kind of understand the mystery of how this was even created. But the the manifesto behind it is the world got screwed during this financial crisis in 2008. Let's create a, a currency where this could never happen again because everybody, the reason why that crisis happened was you have five or six banks that could have seen it happen, but they have a, uh, there's a, disparity of information they have so much information the public has no information so let's make all the information equal and create this decentralized public open ledger where all these transactions get verified on and then that led to all the other copycat currencies the blockchain and Mm -hmm. again not doing justice how incredibly this is kind of mathematically like people even my dad I've tried to explain it to him seven or eight ways and he still can't wrap his head. And I think a lot of really smart people can't wrap their head around the fact that there's only 21 million and mm. they'll never, there'll never be more. It's like, well, how could there never be more? What if they decide to make more? It's like, no, no, like the way they did the math makes it so that they can't. <laughs> and it's, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not smart enough to understand how that works to, to make another analogy. I just trust the fact that, really smart mathematicians have confirmed this and they're like, yeah, it's not going to, there's not going to be more than 21 million of these things. So, but so like, okay, because like Litecoin and like even something like Ripple, right. They, they transact way faster right. than say, say, say Bitcoin. Part of that is a, uh, is that part of that a function of just the network not being as big yes. right now? Yes. And, but the other thing is, is, it less secure because basically the the math to calculate the next block is maybe simpler. No, I, I don't think so. There's nothing. So there's nothing about Bitcoin now that's more secure than it was when it first started. So mm-hmm. it's still all about public and private keys. It's still all about you know you you transact with with these hash values instead of identities or account numbers. So it's it's very easy to confirm that the person who you think you're getting money from is the person mm-hmm. that they say they are and all these really cryptographic primitives that if you're but, not yeah so i mean so no there, there's no there's no added security to uh a new like it doesn't take so long to verify the transaction because it's the because the it's not like it's getting harder it's just the way to think about it is imagine you you have a garage with 10,000 empty parking spots and you have to park a car. It's really easy to park one car. But now if you've got 9,000 cars there and you can't remember necessarily where you parked, 
or that's not how the system is set up, when you're parking the next car, you have to go find an empty spot. That's the best analogy for why things take longer is just there's there's congestion, there's traffic, there's you're, you're, you're bumping into things. It, it's not a clean, oh, this is where it goes. It's a... Mm-hmm. It's like back in the day when you had to defrag your computer and it's trying to optimize memory and like move big blocks into little blocks. That's, again, it's not a great analogy, but it's another way to think about what's happening to the the network. I was reading that, um, so essentially the blockchain, when it wants to create another block, it has to solve a really complicated problem. So whatever, like something like, like like you mentioned earlier, it's like you got to solve some complicated calculus or something, but it's it's a... Like prime number factoring, basically, yeah. Yeah, and basically, there there could be issues in in that, like people, because like when things get added to this like public ledger, it gets it gets decentralized, so it has to get propagated to all the nodes. So right. people could hack it in a way that if they wanted to say like, I want to send you ten bitcoins, and then you know you you give me whatever back and then immediately i say no i give me re- refund that and give me that that money back right now it, it this information has to propagate throughout the whole network and there's race conditions where basically if i you get that other message before the transact giving you the money and i take that money before you get it that could potentially happen but from mm-hmm. what i'm reading it doesn't yeah. happen because your any attack is against the whole network it's correct right um which so, which just makes it way more complicated so let me let me maybe reframe my your answer so you're right maybe there is more security as the network gets bigger but mm-hmm. it's not it's not that there was ever less it, uh it, it's not like there was ever less security do you know what i'm saying it's more that there's just it's maybe harder to coordinate an attack now mm-hmm. because there are so many nodes that are distributed, mm-hmm. but it's not as if the the it's not as if the security is getting stronger. Mm-hmm. It's just the redundancy is getting bigger, which which mm-hmm. then adds to the security. But it's I think it's important that it's it's not like the does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it's just uh, the chances I, I, to get. I, I, a, I could be. I could be wrong too. I, I don't. Uh, there's a good chance that I. I'm not explaining it right. But it's. It's not like it's easier to hack a Bitcoin from somebody who was the second person to transact on it versus the Wall Street guy who just signed up for Coinbase and bought a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin. They're equally mm-hmm. as safe right mm-hmm. now. There's. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or else the whole system would just fall apart. There'd be no. There'd be no trust at all in the system if people in the early days had have an advantage over new players that would that would break down the whole model well people would they essentially buy like um a whole farm of these a whole network of these kind of um computers to do these heavy calculations right so if so basically the the math to calculate this if it's prime number factoring is incredibly complicated and it's basically you have one, if one machine were to do it, it's supposed to take like I forgot how many years, but it takes years to to just yeah, guess at, crazy, at like this 10, at this number. Yeah, yeah. So, but because there's so many computers in the network, everyone just all these different computers are guessing, 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 and then someone gets that number, and maybe it's not actually guessing, but all these different computers are are making their um, they're they're calculating the answer, and then 
the one that is, I guess, the the the, the winner of it, uh, they create gets, that gets rock. rewarded. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they get rewarded, right? Exactly. Yeah, they get the little, and that's why there are these office buildings in China that are full of servers that are mm-hmm. trying to do this because. If you tried to do it at home now, you could do it at home. You could run a Bitcoin node right now and and try to get some mining fees from Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the amount of power you would need and the time you would need, you would never make your investment back. So the only way to make money now is if you have this massive parallelism and these crazy servers. And and then that's why the the irony of Bitcoin is that it was designed to be fair and decentralized, and it's actually gone back to a very centralized, unfair model where you've got five or six of these gigantic mining companies that essentially own the market. So mm-hmm. if they wanted to move the Bitcoin market and they do it frequently, they, they can, If they especially if they coordinate, kind of like OPEC in the oil industry, if they all get together, which they're not supposed to, and say, hey, let's just fix the price of oil, then it fucks with the global oil market it's not as easy for them to do it, but technically they could do it. And mm. there's been conspiracy theories that they've done it many times for kind of same ideas of like insider trading where, you know, they'll uh, sell off a bunch on Thursday, agree to do something nefarious on Friday and Saturday, and then buy it all back on Sunday kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of sad and ironic that you, it, it's it's not really fulfilling any of its original promise it's highly speculative meaning people are basically just gambling and betting on it especially now with the mm-hmm. with the future the futures and it's it's not really usable as as a currency for cash because it's so it, it fluctuates way too much nobody would ever even companies who used to accept bitcoins there was two companies yeah. i used to buy from that accepted bitcoin and one of them still does there are these things called keto bars and but they have a an investment theory of bitcoin that's similar to mine which is that it's just going to keep going up in price so they're like hey you want to give us bitcoin great you're giving us mm-hmm. more money in the future so please pay us in bitcoin but mm-hmm. more like legitimate businesses who used to accept bitcoin they've almost pulled back from it because if it could drop a thousand dollars a day how do how do your accountants factor that into their books it's like a you know imagine if the u.s dollar fluctuated like that it would mm-hmm. it'd be crazy you, you know it'd be you can't you even imagine you, you, what, it yeah. wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a proper currency no it, w- it would be just like these third world or these developing world countries where you know it's yeah i mean you would just have no faith in anything right so and then that's where um ethereum really you know came onto the scene and had this whole new way of looking at at uh, this idea of, of cryptocurrency where they essentially run this thing called a, a virtual machine inside each of these nodes. So the way to think about it is you can, you can program these nodes mm-hmm. the way that you really can't in Bitcoin. Bitcoin is more of a, let's call it a dumb node. Mm-hmm. And Ethereum is a, is a, is a, this thing called a virtual machine, which in computer science lingo means that it, it has, it's sort of like an operating system. So you could run software on this thing. You could mm-hmm. ask it to do very complicated things. You could ask it to, um, 
you could create another coin off mm-hmm. inside of this world. And then that's what led to this whole, you've heard, you've heard of like initial coin offerings and these hundreds of coins with very interesting names. Those are all built off of, most of them are built off of the Ethereum model because in Ethereum, it lets you, it lets you do that, which mm-hmm. is it's very meta, but it's kind of exciting because if you, if you invest in the Ethereum ecosystem, you get a lot of these other things for free. And so all these, like a lot of these splinter currencies are just splintered off of Ethereum. They're all, they, they are all splintered off Ethereum, except for Litecoin, except for uh, some of the more original ones, like um, what's the other one? Dodge and uh, civic. I know civic, I think is an EC 20. I, I can't remember now. Again, I'm, uh, I should know more about this stuff because I, I buy a lot of these these tokens, but they're they're built inside of like the only way to really get them is to at some point you're you're basically trading Ethereum for these coins. Even though there's exchanges now that will let you buy you know uh, Golem using Litecoin, for, for mm-hmm. example, it it's really you're you're buying an Ethereum token. So, so, it's a, so, so how, how does that how does that work then? How, how do you how do you build a current? How do you splinter a currency from like Ethereum? Because like Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, it's like you're building it off that same tech, um, with some changes to it. But you know you have an, you you have some. It's it's based off the same, I guess, Bitcoin blockchain tech. And wouldn't it be the same with why? I, yeah, I guess I'm just trying to understand. Like for the Ethereum, when you're talking, it splinters off of that. How does how do, how is that different than splintering off like Bitcoin? So this is maybe not a great analogy, but it's how mm-hmm. I like to think about it. So think of Ethereum like the the the, the World Wide Web, the, so the WWW protocol. So and again, you can ask yourself like, what's the internet? Like, what's the web? Right? And it's it's even that is a it's a really hard concept to wrap your head around where basically just this shared protocol that people agree to and write software for and when you when you all kind of agree on this you can type magical commands like www.pencilproblems.com into your browser and the system knows what to do with that and deliver a website to you mm-hmm. the same way that when you go into these token worlds you can almost think of them as websites or apps or uh, whatever, you know, again, it's, people who really understand this stuff are going to go nuts when they hear me describe it like that. But I think that without getting into what Turing complete is and the, the guts of a, of a virtual machine, the, the best way to think of it is that you're essentially running a, a website or an app in the Ethereum world the same way that people create websites that run on the HTTP world. So there's, so you're limited because you're, you're, you're limited to the tools that Ethereum gives you. So Ethereum, there's, um, there's, there are languages that you have to write these things in. There are protocols you have to follow. There are uh, special incantations and, and keywords that you have to use in order to do things, but there's, an API and there's documentation and it's an entire programming environment the same way that mm. iOS is a programming environment or mm. 
Java, Java is the best. So when I'm, when I'm talking to programmers, Bitcoin is C and mm -hmm. Java is a, or Ethereum is Java. So uh, okay, okay. It, it gives you an entire set of software primitives that let you talk to other Ethereum nodes the same way that if you're running Java in your fridge, you can talk to any other Java device in the world, which was, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that's kind of the best way to to think about uh, Ethereum. And then... So, so, and, so and, essentially, like, Ethereum is... It has a bunch of scaffolding that... Um, if I were to start a crypto right now, I don't have to figure out all this blockchain tech. It has all that stuff yeah. for me. Yeah. And basically, I apply a rule set that my currency in my world abides to. Exactly. Exactly. So you set the parameters of your world. Mm -hmm. You can you can control the supply. You can control the the uh, and this is all you, you might have heard this buzzword around like smart contracts. So mm -hmm. all a token is. Or sorry, when I say token, it's the same as like these um, these other coins. So people call them coins; they're technically called tokens. And I call things like Litecoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum coins, and then anything that's built off of Ethereum tokens. That's just the so the Ethereum has this idea of smart okay. contracts, which okay. are super interesting because it's it's a way to just but they're so simple that most people. It, it almost goes over your head because it sounds way too simple. It's like, what's a smart contract? And it's like, well, okay, imagine, um, let's use the house example because I think that's a, a great example. So let's say that I wanted to buy your house, mm -hmm. right? Why Why do we have to get a, a real estate agent and a lawyer involved right now? Like why do mm -hmm. you, typically, why do you have to do that? So they just broker it. They broker the deal for you, and but, they. But like, but like, what are they really like? If especially the lawyer, like, what's the lawyer really doing in that situation? Like, they're protecting your investment in a way. Like right. they, yeah. And why? Like, why? Why would you? Even for me, you and I are friends. If I were to buy your house, you would probably still want to get a lawyer involved. Like, what fundamentally are you worried that could go wrong if we don't have a lawyer involved? Like, what are a couple things that could go wrong? Trust. Like, there's, there's the whole the whole trust issue. Like, you know, it's a lot of money transacting. You might, for example, not back out from buying my house after we made an agreement to buy it. Um, and in that time when that happened, uh, maybe I missed out on other opportunities. Maybe you uh, can just maybe contractually take my house without really paying me my money. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I don't know. So exactly, yeah. So it's like everything you just said, great. There's probably more reasons why, but that's why I would want a lawyer. It's like, well, what if I agree to pay you X and I and you I don't pay you X. I pay you X minus 50000 Mm -hmm. What if you tell me you're going to transfer the title over with the city, but you don't, and then I pay yeah. you and you don't transfer the title. So yeah. you need a lawyer to act as a third party that mm. verifies that both agree, both parties do what they agree to do, and then they essentially release the contract where or they whatever they, that technical term is. And mm -hmm. all they're basically doing is they run through a checklist and say, mm -hmm. did Nick transfer title? They go check a computer. Yes, he did. 
did Nick do this? Does Nick have the money in his account? Or does Kent have the money in, in his account to buy Nick's house? Yes, he does. Okay, transfer money from this account to this account. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's all the lawyer is doing there. And then they yeah. take a, a fee. So yeah. Ethereum just automates that. So it would be very easy. And I'm you, you, you absolutely start to see in the next five, six, ten, I don't know how long it's going to take. Could be two years, could be ten years. But there will be startups and there will be people, especially in the, maybe the Valley at first, who will buy houses with Ethereum because you won't need a lawyer because you, you can literally write a, a, a program. You will write a, a piece of software and you won't even have to write it. You'll just be able to take one off the shelf or there'll be a website that's actually running a smart contract in the background and you won't even see it. It'll be hidden from you. Mm-hmm. And what it's going to do is it's going to say, okay, here's my checklist. On October 17th, Kent is going to buy Nick's house. Here's what's going to happen before that. And it has all these these rules. And the only way that the smart contract executes, which in the Ethereum world means I send money from this Ethereum address to that Ethereum address, mm-hmm. is if all of these checkboxes get checked. And if mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. of them doesn't get checked, nothing happens. So mm-hmm. all an IC, all a coin offering is, all an ICO is, it's a smart contract the same way. It's essentially doing that to crowdfunding. So mm-hmm. smart contracts are already disrupting the crowdfunding market because all crowdfunding is, is a, is a promise. It's a trust. It's saying, uh, you give me X and I give you Y on this date, right? Mm-hmm. So you pay me $800 and I give you a self-flying drone a year from now. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some trust there that has to be, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get screwed. So the the coin model is kind of brilliant because they say, no, this is just a smart contract. So we're going to uh, offer this coin on January 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us how much you want to buy. If you have the funds in your account on that day, we will transfer this amount to you. And you could build on all this crazy logic like, hey, just like crowdfunding, but we have to hit $50,000 worth of people buying it before we release the smart contract. Mm-hmm. Everybody who buys has to have the name Steve. Uh, only Canadians can buy. And it's, again, just this checklist that you can program into uh, the Ethereum virtual machine that says, okay, oh, Nick, nope, not Steve, can't process his. Kent, nope, not Steve, can't process his. Oh, they both live in Canada. And mm-hmm. it just wouldn't process our our, our ICO. So. Mm-hmm. And nothing would happen. It would fail, so, and then the money would stay in my account, and I wouldn't get the the new coin. So you have the advantage of building in the logic while having a secure transaction that's right, decentralized. Or, or, yeah, yeah, another way to think about it is the same way like we maybe know how a database works, but we don't mm-hmm. really have to know how a database works because mm-hmm. iOS and, and Rails and Django or whatever take mm-hmm. care of all of that abstraction for us. Ethereum takes care of the blockchain abstraction. Mm. So yeah, yeah, you, can, yeah. you can do all this without really understanding what the hell is going on. But, but this is essentially like if I want to transact with you on a host, we would still, as of right now, use um, a lawyer, uh, have a contract, all this stuff. And it would happen. Let's say it was just Bitcoin. And after all that stuff is like agreed upon and signed, then we would just send the money Via, via Bitcoin. Sure, sure. What Ethereum yeah. does for you is it we could potentially bake in a lot of that contract logic 
into yeah, that like, transaction to automate that. So imagine now where things get really exciting is when, and this is why people, or at least I'm, I'm, I don't know what the right word is. I guess I'm long on Ethereum, I think is what I'm supposed to mm -hmm. say, or I, mm -hmm. I think that it's still very undervalued mm -hmm. is that. So imagine now the internet of things plus Ethereum. So one of the things that I think about a lot at Hubba is logistics and, and shipping and ordering. So with Able Cells, I buy $6,000 worth of MCT powder and ketone powder. Mm -hmm. And I have to send them this money. I have to then wait for them to acknowledge that they've received it. I have to wait for a shipping notification. I have to track it. And then I get the package in my um, in my house, right? But mm -hmm. you could imagine an Ethereum smart contract where I make the promise of payment. And the only reason why I have to prepay is because they don't trust me, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the more we get to know each other, I might say, hey, guys, like I'm, I'm running a little low on, on funds this month. Can you guys send me five, yeah. five boxes and I'll pay you next month? And if we've got mm -hmm. that relationship, they'll do it. But again, you don't even need that. So now I'll say, hey, look, um, I want to buy five pallets of ketones, but I'm only going to pay for it like once it's shipped or whatever. And again, this is kind of a bad example as I'm saying, and I'm realizing that you could easily just do this the way you do it now with like notifications and stuff on, on a Shopify site even, but you could get it to the point where when the person scans the pallet with a smart RFID scanner that's connected to the internet of things, that's when that's what initiates the smart contract or when my garage detects that that parcel is in my garage and in my possession, that's when the smart contract executes. So you can start to combine sensors, the internet of things, all this kind of automation that's happening in the real world can be tied into the financial world using Ethereum. Sure. So for example, another idea is like you could build an app that rewards people for exercising. So you could say, if you get up from your house and run to the park and touch your phone against this pole, I'm going to give you 50 cents of Ethereum. Mm -hmm. Now, again, you could easily just do that with Stripe or with cash or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But when you, when you use Ethereum, you're, you're, you're getting this like guaranteed contract that's going to get executed and all those transactions are going to be public. So then you could write an app that sits on top of the Ethereum blockchain and confirms that I actually did go and touch that pole when yeah. I when I said I was going to, right? Well, yeah, but Ethereum really is just – it's exactly what you're talking about though. Like you just sub in blockchain tech for Stripe. Exactly. Really, yeah, to kind exactly. of secure, secure that transaction. Everything else is kind of like – it's just another layer of – logic and smart contracts um right. okay but, i yeah i i like i i want to i want to make now now that we're talking about this i want to make like a i, I want to i want to make my own currency where i have like me and all my friends we all represent like a basketball team we all have x funds x ethereum x in, in invested every time my team wins i automatically collect a, a dollar's worth of ether from everybody sure Sure, you can. And if their build team that. wins, they, they yeah. So we, I can do something like that. Um, you couldn't easily build that, but you could build that. Like the yeah, tools, yeah, yeah. The tools are there for you to to build that. You could tap into the sports API. 
Yep. You could, you could make it automated. You could do it on a cron. You could do it. Yeah. There's all these things you could, you could do. And yeah, but that's another, that's a great, uh, that's a great example of something that would be, again, like if you think about what you would actually need to do right now to do that without ether, Mm. it's, it's not impossible. You could use Stripe or something, but it's harder to do it now. Couldn't couldn't I, couldn't I even just use Bitcoin for this? Couldn't I just mm-hmm. write, write a script to automate like a Bitcoin transaction? Everyone enters their, I have a website, everyone has their wallet there and we just yes. kind of. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I can do this exact same thing. I just build, I, but I, I don't build it in the Ethereum ecosystem. Exactly. I still build the whole like, yeah, the whole so, basketball API, the whole basketball logic, pull from, check out the score, see who wins. And then I just automate that transaction. Exactly. And and I, I guess the way to think about it in again, kind of in the the C versus Java world is there's nothing you can't do in Java. There's nothing you can do in Java that you can't do in C. It's just easier to do it in Java or you could argue that it's not, but you know what I'm saying? Like the Java exists to just make things again. I'm, I'm laughing because I, we, we, we both kind of know that Java sort of failed at making things easier for people, but the, the reason why Ethereum pundits would say, well, yeah, you could do that in Bitcoin, but why wouldn't you just do it in Ethereum is the same reason why somebody might say, yeah, I guess you could write all those database commands to the database manually, but why not just use an ORM that does it for you? Like why, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you, but you, but do you, is it, okay. I, I guess I'm, I'm just trying to fully understand this, but is it really that much work? Like if you look at, um, uh, I don't know. It's to automate like a a transaction on Bitcoin doesn't sound like it would be crazy amount of work. Like if I in in Coinbase, if I go on Coinbase and I can buy or trade or sell uh, currency, I should just as easily be able to buy and sell and trade to somebody else. Mm, yes and no. Then you start getting into things like where is this coin? being stored though because if it's on coinbase then you're now using this like third-party system that's communicating with the 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 blockchain on your behalf instead of you talking to the blockchain directly so but do i do i need to talk to the blockchain directly yeah yeah you'd want to if you were if you were building some kind of an app or else then you're you're beholden to your it's not really a decentralized system you're just running off of another you're just piggybacking on another company's okay okay uh, so 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 let's say it wasn't through coinbase but if you just think about uh the baby's crying oh no uh but it's okay it's okay let's just keep let's keep rolling okay <laughs> but if we had but essentially like you're just i just want a thin layer of abstraction on top of bitcoin though like i want to stay in their ecosystem so couldn't I just do that? Couldn't I just have something if everyone, let's just say everyone gave me their, uh, I guess I, I don't know enough about this, but I guess, but like if everyone gave me like a their, their public their public key and we had a website, everyone had their, their public key, I could essentially just send money to, to you if I wanted to. You could. I think it's a lot. And again, I don't know the details. I don't think that's an easy. I don't believe that's an easy thing for you to do. 
No, so, no it, but but it must be though. Like if people, if you can buy ketones right now, uh, using using Bitcoin, or if I can go buy, if I can go to a coffee though. shop. But well, yeah. But most people do that through Coinbase. So Coinbase is kind of like the PayPal of Bitcoin, where there's a button on their site that says, you know, there's like a few of these sites now that say like pay okay. with Coinbase or pay with uh, whatever, and then they're kind of this PayPal like thing that converts your like it it essentially. Okay. brokers the 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 transaction right now you could just say here's my bitcoin address so this is yeah. what this is how all the drugs and all these kind of uh the silk road worked where you would mm-hmm. say i'm selling a gun mm-hmm. and here's my bitcoin address if you put money into this bitcoin address the gun is yours i don't know how they would then figure mm-hmm. out i guess they'd use signal to like figure out a place to drop this thing or whatever but yeah it's like i could just give you my bitcoin wallet id and say yeah, pay me five bucks, and you yeah. either do you either do or you don't, and I can yeah. and I can write a script to check to see if you did or not. Okay, and I would pay then through Coinbase. You would have to no. I mean, you could technically just um, if you have the original Bitcoin wallet and you run a you run a full node on your on your system, then no, you could actually just issue the transaction directly from, like you could just talk to the blockchain directly and just send. Yeah. But regular Joe, Joe, Joe Schmo is not going to have like... No, 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 no. Even even intermediate programmers would have trouble doing it. But but yeah, yeah. you could you could do it. So I, I guess I'm wondering like if Coinbase were to make an API for this, and I don't know if one exists, I've never looked into this, but let's just say one, an API existed, which seems like that wouldn't be that crazy to do. Um, because they have the all the underlying tech, like the functionalities there, you're just exposing an API to allow people to do it. Now, if they were to do that, um, why, why, why even, why even use Ethereum? So that that kind of goes into the whole open source versus. It's like why do people use Mozilla versus Chrome, right? So okay. the I think the purists would say that when you when you play in the Ethereum world, there are no there's no there's no centralized power there's no centralized uh broker you're you could you could write a contract that would run on any ethereum virtual machine mm-hmm. that could be verified by any ethereum so as soon as you get an api in you're adding a degree of of trust and that's sort of antithetical sure. to okay. the whole yeah. crypto because then, so, and again, a good way to, so the, these exchanges, so Coinbase is an exchange and it took me a long time to figure out all this stuff. So do you want me to just give you my little like lightning? Cause yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah, there's yeah, a, few, yeah. a few things people should know if you're getting into this, that took me a long time to figure out. So Coinbase is really an exchange and all you have to do is follow the CEO of Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, I think his name is, on Twitter, anything he tweets about, just watch the amount of hate that he gets on every single tweet. We're talking thousands of reply or uh, thousands after a week, hundreds of replies within hours of him tweeting because he's seen as this like this devil to a lot of these crypto enthusiasts because what he's essentially done is created a bank and an exchange mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the crypto world which is great for consumers but it goes against the whole idea of uh crypto and again i'm not speaking this isn't 
these aren't my views. This is just what I've been reading of, of online. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because let's say we all decide to trust Coinbase. So we put all of our money into Coinbase. One day they're going to get hacked. You just have to assume they're going to get hacked and you're going to, everyone's going to lose their money the same way that, or what if Coinbase just makes a lot of bad investments and goes bankrupt? That's probably the worst case scenario. So imagine if Coinbase could no longer run the infrastructure that powers their, their machines. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are ways to protect yourself, which we could talk about, but most people won't do that. So one day if Coinbase just turns off, all that money, all that value of Bitcoin or Litecoin or whatever would just evaporate and be gone. The same way when the banks collapsed, the money just disappeared. Like, where did it go? No one really understands what happened there, right? Hmm. So they're this... So you, anytime your money is not sitting either in your, in your computer, <laughs> on a hardware wallet, or in a somewhere on the blockchain that you mm -hmm. that you know the address so like you get like everything on the on the blockchain has an address so if i put um one bitcoin in uh there, there's called a wallet so if i put if i opened a wallet on bitcoin and i put one bitcoin in this wallet what that's essentially saying if you're kind of a techie is imagine this gigantic memory like a a, a, a big chunk of ram or silicon and i am reserving this little area of ram and i'm putting my name there and i'm and i'm putting a bitcoin there right if i lose mm -hmm. my number i can never retrieve that back again but that gives mm -hmm. me that that security so there's this thing called cold storage where you just write down the number of your wallet and then you put that piece of paper either in your brain you memorize it and then you burn it mm -hmm. and then only if you get tortured will you give up your number Mm -hmm. You can put it in a safety deposit box. You can bury it in your backyard. You could cut the paper up into six pieces and give one piece to six friends. And it's kind of like a horcrux and you have to reassemble it. Um, there's all these ways that you could protect that number. And yeah. But if it's in Coinbase, you're exposed. Okay. So if it's in Kraken, which is another really popular exchange, you're exposed. If it's mm -hmm. in any any of these places other than a hardware wallet like the Trezor, or a cold storage, you are exposed. And it's it's really easy to, to just ignore and forget about that. But if you have a non-significant amount of money there, which will be different for each person, yep. you, you just have to assume it's going to disappear one day if it's sitting in an exchange. And that's a really pessimistic way to look at it. But we have no... History has told us that it's somebody is either going to hack it or someone's going to fuck something up and it's going to disappear. So I'm, I'm looking at my physical one right now, man. That's all. It's just right here. That's it. That's it. So that's it. Like I think that it's really important that if you are going to get into this, that you do invest in a hardware wallet and you read the instructions and go through that, put your money on there, set up the fake password thing and if you're using a treasure which you really should i don't really think there's a, a, a better competitor out there right now um and yeah because i i do think that there will be i uh, think about the the amount of hacks that coinbase must fend off a day oh it it's I, it gives me a panic attack just thinking about 
how they would even try to secure their network. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they would do. They, it, it's it's almost like okay. yeah, fair enough. The, the biggest bank in yeah. the world, right? So yeah. anyway, back back to your question. Like the the reason why you wouldn't do it on Coinbase is because you're you're just exposing yourself to a third party. So now that's probably what's going to happen though. Coinbase doesn't have an API, but they probably mm-hmm. will one day. Mm-hmm. Kraken is an exchange that does have an API. So a lot of mm-hmm. people are writing high frequency trading robots and stuff now that will, you know, buy Bitcoin and sell Bitcoin and buy these other things given all these sort of financial rules. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of those finance programmers are now getting into crypto thanks to Kraken, although it goes down so often now that it's hard to they just can't keep up with the the volume that they have. Um, Mm -hmm. so, but, but I think about that too. Like when I really went, I spent a good, I don't know, two or three weeks just reading about smart contracts and I, I would stop myself a lot and say, so what's stopping me from just doing this with Stripe? And Mm -hmm. I think the answer is nothing. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not that there's a, it's just your, it's it's almost just a different language. So it's like you're, you're picking a tool set, you're picking an environment, you're picking a language, and th- that's how I look at it. I don't know if that's really the right way to look at it, but if it seems well, like, yeah. You're, you're, you're paying for a, it's a lower fees, which, you know, you're going to, if you're paying using Stripe or PayPal, there's obviously fees associated with that. Very good point, yep. Uh, not not a ton, um, it, but it's still a percentage of of, of your transaction, right? Um, there's the security of it all, um, but I don't know for everyday use things. Like I I don't know if that would be a huge issue. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Well, and one of the things I've been wrestling with, and I don't know how this would really work, but mm-hmm. I could also see a world where. Like, why do you even have to tell people that you're using Ethereum? So couldn't I have a site right now where you would just pay me in dollars? Then behind the scenes, I convert all that into Ethereum. Mm -hmm. I do a bunch of voodoo and transaction work on the blockchain, the Ethereum blockchain. And then when it's done, I just give you, like, or when you want to get out, I just give you cash again or something. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's something to that idea. I don't, I haven't formed it, but maybe when you buy a house with Ethereum one day, you're not really going to buy it with Ethereum. You're going to buy it on the Ethereum blockchain, but Mm -hmm. you're still going to pay cash. And then behind the scenes, the, the software that is doing the work is going to be converting those dollars into market price. Ethereum going to do all the fancy smart contracts on market price. Ethereum and then just convert it back into dollars and deposit that into your account. Yeah, but then every time you're converting, you're gonna you either you might lose or gain on that exchange, right? It, well, exactly, and that's why it doesn't make sense to do any of this until everything co- sort of stabilizes, right? Yeah. Um, or, I, I or guess. You, uh, hmm. Or, or again, do you make some new token though that would not have those fluctuations? So, you know, you could you could technically. And again, I don't. I'm kind of out of my league here. I don't really know how that would work, but well, the other thing you gain from this whole thing is just like the anonymity of it, um, because 
they're like it, it's gonna be it's very hard to know if i sent you like if i sent you like a hundred um bitcoins or something which that'd be amazing if i had a hundred bitcoins but um if i send you a hundred bitcoins you don't like it's hard for the government to say like oh okay uh nick he transferred that money over uh, or so, I, so right, let's talk yeah. about this this okay. is another thing that i i don't think people appreciate is how e- it's not anonymous at all but it's it's not completely anonymous but it's very hard to to track back to to who who owns what though i don't i don't think it is okay it is if you keep playing only in the in the in the world so mm-hmm. if you keep all the so okay the way that the black market for all this works and remember i mean if this is the first time you're hearing about bitcoin and crypto and you talk to your parents about it they're probably going to say it'd be an interesting test to like go tell your parents about it or go tell someone who's over the age of 50 about it. And they'll probably come back to you with something about drugs, guns, terrorism, because that's sort of what one of the bylines of, of this whole world is, is that you can just like be a drug dealer and nobody will know if you use Bitcoin, which is so wrong on, on so many levels because it's so, okay. You can go to Pacific Mall right now and you can find a Craigslist group or a uh, Kijiji group where you can f- meet somebody who will who will give you cash for Bitcoin. Okay, so I can go to Pacific Mall right now and I can identify myself maybe with a picture and there'll be somebody standing there and they will hand me a piece of paper which will have a Bitcoin address on it. I will take out my phone with my, my mobile wallet. I will give them Bitcoin and then they'll give me cash. Okay, mm-hmm. the government can't track that. They have no way of tracking it because he's giving or she's giving me cash and I'm giving them crypto so you're now part of the black economy government has no way to track that that is anonymous that's sketchy that's illegal that's the drug dealing gun selling terrorism territory right where you are having face-to-face meetings with agents who are trading cash for crypto sure so if you're in that world you're you're still very anonymous and you could go send somebody to go get that money for you, and then you wouldn't have to go yourself and all the things we've seen in, in all the mafia movies, right? Mm-hmm. But for most people, you actually want to do something with this money. There's nothing so sure. You made $100,000 on Bitcoin this week. Well, well you maybe you want to buy some Christmas presents. Mm. So how are you going to buy these presents? Nobody accepts Bitcoin right now. So mm-hmm. what you're going to do is you're going to find an exchange in Canada, and there's a couple of them that will just send you an e-transfer. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll cash you out. As soon as that happens, TD Scotiabank RBC, they're no, they're no idiots. They know the account numbers of these other companies. In in Canada, at least, we're we have a we have it a little worse or better, depending on how you look at it. Where it's it's very hard for these companies to operate in Canada with like some Hong Kong or Cayman Islands bank account. Mm-hmm. It doesn't doesn't work like that. You could technically do that in the States and there's been rumors of like Panama being kind of the safe haven for crypto accounts. But so now it'd be very easy if Scotia right now, so I have a bank with Scotia, if they wanted to say, how much money has Kent pulled out of crypto this year? I bet you it takes them five minutes to mm-hmm. figure that out. Now, So you're, you're, you're basically saying the anonymity is lost once you cash out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. until, until there's a way to keep the money in the system, which, oh, you there? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I thought I lost you. You're you're still not protected yeah. when it's in the system, but but again, it's really important for people to get this because you 
basically don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything that's even remotely gray because most of these companies like Coinbase and um, Kraken and CoinDesk and CoinSquare, or sorry, not CoinDesk, CoinSquare, you have, to, you have to upload your driver's license, you have to upload your passport, you have to verify your physical address. It, it's a serious thing because mm-hmm. they know that they're going to get investigated one day for mm-hmm. uh, national security issues or money laundering, and they need to cover their ass mm-hmm. and just point the government directly to your house if, if you go do something stupid. Mm-hmm. So, but, but it's funny where a lot of people I've been helping get into crypto, especially in the past few weeks, they don't understand that, like, they really think that there's some magical anonymity in, in Bitcoin. And it's, it's almost the opposite. It's, it's, a, it's a very strong signal to the world that you are playing in a unregulated currency. So, you know, you have to declare capital gains, you have to do, and you should be doing this stuff because mm-hmm. one day they're just going to start going after people who didn't and it's going to be very easy for them to, you're not going to go to jail. You're just going to say, oh, hi, Nick. Hey, so our records show that you made $100,000 last year mm-hmm. that, and you need you owe us $50,000. So, But there's probably, there's probably ways around this though. So mm-hmm. if, if let's just say, okay, hypothetically, if I had $100,000 worth of Bitcoin that I want to cash out, Right. And uh, I, I could essentially find 100 people. Yes. I don't yes, know, 1,000 yes, people, sure. distribute that to them, get them to cash out for me. I, I pay them a small fee, hypothetically. Sure, 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 sure. sure. You right? could do this with a business account. You could do this with. Um, sure. So, like one of the. There's a, there's a thing right now online that teaches you in Canada how to. Uh, so, you can register a Hong Kong bank account pretty mm-hmm. easily online. And so it costs uh, $1,800 to get a Hong Kong business and a Hong Kong bank account. And then you need to go to Hong Kong, though, and sign two pieces of paper. So you have to mm-hmm. then pay for your flights to go to Hong Kong. Anyway, you can you can run this whole thing where you can basically pay like 7% tax mm. on, on, on everything very legally. It just mm-hmm. costs you a lot of headaches in filing your taxes and in making sure you, you get all these all this paperwork properly done will cost mm-hmm. you five thousand, six thousand dollars. But if you can figure it all out and you have an accountant who knows what they're doing, you can pay like seven to twelve percent in uh, yeah b- business tax instead of fifty yeah. percent, right? So it, yeah, that's probably worth it if you if you're up for that. But well, could you also hear about a lot of people who are like say billionaires in China or Russia or these other places where their money might be seized or something else, and they just kind of throw it into Bitcoin. Or people who are just kind of straight money laundering. They just want right, to kind right. of get their money out, right? right. And, well, and the, the I love the story of the – it was on a radio lab. Uh, actually, I should we should plug that. There's this great podcast called The Cer- – so if you just Google The Ceremony, mm. you'll, it'll, it'll come up. And it's about – a rep- so the creator of Zcash, which is really fascinating. It's an alternate to Bitcoin that is extremely anonymous. It is – Kind of the kind of anonymity you would expect from what you thought Bitcoin was, Zcash has. Mm-hmm. And it follows them doing what's called the the, the ceremony where they, they create the initial uh, keys and stuff like that to the whole system. Anyway, it's a super fascinating episode. And uh, where the hell was I going with this? Oh, yeah. He tells a story of like kind of what you're getting at where 
you know, imagine you're a, a criminal or a drug dealer or a bad business person and you need to get $36 million out of Russia, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. How do you do that? You can't bring it mm -hmm. on the plane. You can't put it in your suitcase. You can't find a thousand people to carry a thousand dollars for you or whatever. So you put it into a crypto wallet and then you memorize that number or you put that number in your pocket, you get mm -hmm. on a plane, <laughs> you leave Russian jurisdiction and you like you can cross the border with $30 million in your pocket. It's kind of the, the punchline. Mm -hmm. And it it's really, it's, it's counterintuitive. It's so simple, but counterintuitive to think about it. And the only reason why it makes sense is that in the, in the real world, the reason why you can't do that is, so in Canada, we have like a $10,000 limit on your checking account. So mm -hmm. if I went into my bank right now and asked for $15,000 cash, th they're, they're making a call to the government mm -hmm saying, hey, we just had Kent come in here and ask for $15,000 cash. You might want to have an RCMP go knock on his door in the next two hours. And uh, this happened to my dad. I remember he was buying a business and he had to take out money. And he had the uh, RCMP at our house within like three hours of him <laughs> taking out that. Now, it was just a, hey, hey, Ross, uh, what, what are you doing with that, with that money? Oh, you're buying. Oh, cool. Okay, great. Have a nice day. See you later. Like, mm -hmm. but, but still, I mean, that's Canada, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, I find that so fascinating though, how if there was a way to keep it within that ecosystem, man, like it, it, it's, it, it is crazy. You can really have these cross border, uh, transactions with no fees, no exchange rates. Nothing. Yeah. It's so, so what, cool. what, what, what did these guys do then with the Zcash, the, the cash it out, sorry, they bring it across the border, but once they cash it out though, are they in trouble? Like how, how do they even cash that out? How do they convert that back to their physical 30 million? Oh yeah. No, I've, I've no idea. He was, I think it was more of just a story than a real, it was mm. like a, even a hypothetical versus a real story. But the, the, the idea is that if you're in that side of the world, like not in the, like geographically, like in Russia, but if you're on this, the, in the black market, let's call it, th there are ways to just get your money back. Right. Mm -hmm. And, that we will probably never hopefully have to run into. Well, also like Bitcoin's so big now that if you were, you had $30 million, you're trying to smuggle it out of Russia or something, you could probably find a buyer who's going to give you like 25 million cash. They're going to take 5 million, but they'll, they'll take all your Bitcoin exactly. or, or something, right? Exactly. Because yeah. It, yeah. it's just, it, it's, it's, it's running it's and it's kind of legitimized yeah. now. And it has a lot of value, right? Exactly. Well, and I wanted to run this, um, so remember, I, I I think I hinted at this last week. Like, what what do you think about this idea of a nostalgia value? So, if let's say Bitcoin goes goes nowhere, nothing comes of it, is there still value uh, fifty years from now where some person's going to want to like? buy my Bitcoin because they didn't get in on it in 2017 and I did? If if by then, does it have any value or no, it has no value anymore? Well, it has value as a, the same way that gold has value where you can't like, you can't go to the convenience store and, and pay for something with a shaving of gold. No, I, I kind of think things with nostalgia though, I think there, you need to have an artifact of it though, right? So there, I have a physical be, wallet. There, there would and, be like an, there would be an address. There would be a, a like a wallet ID, like a number. 
Yeah, so I have like a physical wallet and that's just like a printed piece of paper. But I, I think I'd frame that one day. It yeah, might not have any value. I might have cashed all of it out. But I'm like, hey, look, this is this is like the first Bitcoin. This is like when the the, the crazy was hmm. hot. Okay, that's an interesting. I think you just deflated that whole theory because you're right. There's nothing. Ah, uh, unless you could like. But again, I'm thinking like 50 years from now in the future, right? So what if you have some kind of a smart frame? That would actually, you know, like glow a different color if it was a legitimate Bitcoin. It, it, like the value, like you know, what I'm saying, like it was actually there versus it sure. used to be there. And but then, then, regardless, though, that's just you just need a, a some sort of physical artifact of that, right? Otherwise, there's nothing to show off. It's it's like, dude, does anyone come and look in your like a file that's on your computer, a text file with some numbers on it and some text? Like, no, but but that's different because you can't copy or create a Bitcoin. But it's it's trivial to copy or create a file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're saying we're talking about in the future, but this might not have any value anymore, any monetary value. It's just kind of the nostalgia of it, though. Um, it, I don't know. I think you need something physical, like. No, no one's gonna. People are gonna talk about how they went to the game where uh, Babe Ruth hit this crazy home run. But okay, okay, it's what, different what if, than having the ball. You know, what if I put it on a hardware wallet on a treasure? Like this wallet yeah, yeah, contains yeah. a Bitcoin. Yeah, sure. I, I, I have one, but you could just anyone can print that out. It's just a piece of paper. No, 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 no. But. But like what like you're saying, it needs an artifact. So what if it's actually a like you're framing this physical artifact of a piece of plastic that has a piece of silicon in it, and on that silicon is yeah. one Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, and, I, I, and, I think and, there's and, some nostalgic value. And imagine a world where you cannot get Bitcoin anymore. It is impossible. It's all either like it's being hoarded by the. I, I, again, it's hard for me to imagine, and maybe the answer is this is a stupid idea, and there's no nostalgia value to it. But something, I'm just trying to find reasons to justify my going back to our whatever podcast it was with our system one, system two, system one hmm. being the logical brain, sorry, system one being the emotional, ra- irrational brain, system two being the logical, rational brain. My system one is telling me to buy everything, all these coins, because mm-hmm. I feel like in a way vindicated that I was earlier to this game than some. I've been mm-hmm. t- telling everybody and their dog to get in on this for years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now it's like, see, I told you, come on. Like, And, and, and I still feel like we're in the first inning. Mm-hmm. And then the rational side of me is like, ah, yeah, but this is all paper money until you sell. Mm-hmm. So you may as well have something to show for this if it ends up being just a huge bubble and how stupid will you look if if you know your friends who got in this for 3 or 4 months walked away with 10k and you walk away with with nothing right mm-hmm. um those are the two voices in my head and the the system one tends to win with when it comes to this which is exactly what investors tell you not to do because you are you are the sucker you are the idiot who is getting screwed in like if you watch like the big short mm-hmm. it, you're the sucker in the room if you if you think like that and i i feel like i used to be the 
the insider who had what I thought was secret knowledge. Mm-hmm. And now that it, like it's all happening, I'm scared shitless because I don't know what my like I have no next move. I don't know what the right move is. Whereas I used to know what the right move was. It was oh, Litecoin is five dollars. Yeah, buy as much of this shit as I can as I can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like oh, okay, now it's six hundred dollars. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now what? You know, and I have I have no idea. I have no but idea you, what to do. I'm kind of, you, kind of paralyzed. You just just cash some of it out. Yeah, but then what if it goes to, you know? Well, that's well, what, that, 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 that's that's just that's just FOMO though, right? But but that's what I said when Ethereum hit four fifty. Now it's at eight hundred. I'm glad I didn't sell. I've doubled. I've doubled that. So, like. It's almost like my, ah, I don't know. It's a, okay. Let, yeah. I don't know. It's... I, uh, that's, that's a whole investment conversation, but I, I think at some point, I don't know, it might make sense to even cash out a, a portion of it. Yeah. No. And I, I you know, think that's you... the, that's the rational thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's more exciting to let it ride. I, I, I think the, the fact that, I'd be more scared if you just bought into Bitcoin right now or yes. you bought into Litecoin or Ethereum right now. Yes. And you're like, are we at the peak of the bubble? Is this a bubble? Let's just assume it is a bubble. Like where, where in this kind of exponential curve are you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, at the fact, the fact that you, you bought at like Litecoin at like say $5 or whatever, f- fuck man, you're kind of, you're kind of, you're kind of laughing. Like, you know, you sell some of it now, you probably could buy a car right now. Well, it you wasn't, know, like, yeah, and, it, and it, I was exaggerating. It wasn't five, but it it was. Uh, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I like I I have I I have like I have a quarter of a bitcoin. I have nothing, but I'm like, if I sell it right now, I might be able to like renovate my my bathroom. See, and but, maybe but, okay. maybe that's what I'll do. But 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 that I like that thinking. So I was I was sort of doing the math where, what if I like there's a way you could almost treat it like a almost like an income stream. So what if you just started taking out like okay, so a good example is like my car. What if I just had bitcoin pay for my car every month? Mhm. Or you know, um even groceries or like just something in your life that's this this thing that you just have to pay for it. There's just no getting around it. Your, your rent, your mortgage, your car, your groceries. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I really believe that if I made 10 times as much money as I do right now, I, I wouldn't be some, I wouldn't be like magically happier. I mm-hmm. think that, but what, what would feel kind of nice is if I just like didn't have to worry about my car payment or something. It, it, that's such like a stupid but there's something tangible about just being like, no, that's paid for, you know, or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, there, so b- back when I was uh, doing a lot more sports betting, um, there were there was times where I had like a great month and I paid off my like maintenance fees on my on my condo. Right. Yeah. With with your and winnings. I was like, yeah, and I was like, oh, this is nice, and it, it felt it felt like I'm I'm you know it, it felt tangible. Right, um, but instead of just like taking out, like, so let's say you were doing like we're using like Bodog, or is this like, uh, yeah, Bodog or Pinnacle or um, 
bet three sixty. I don't know, whatever. Okay, yeah. so l- let's say you had five thousand dollars of of winnings in your Bodog account. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like it was more of a psychological win for you to take out like a hundred and fifty bucks a month versus taking out like three grand at a time or something? Does that make sense? I I I just try to keep my balance low on Bodog. Because the more you have in there, though, too, the more I feel like I need to. I'm like, I'm just gonna keep playing with it. It's it's it, it's play money. It's not physical, real money. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. No. And I I I feel the same way every time I look at any of my my Bitcoin stuff. It it just doesn't feel like it's it's it, it's just not real until it's real. You know, it's not. It's not real until your backyard gets, or what did you say? Your your kitchen gets renovated, or your yeah, you know, like that's real. You know, you can literally be eating dinner five years from now, and you can have friends over and say, "Yeah, Bitcoin paid for this." Yeah, this, exactly. This table. Exactly. That's kind of that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah, there's there's something there's something tangible, and uh, but but I mean, going back to that presentation that I sent you, I really do think Bitcoin's going to hit $300,000. So then there's another part of me that says, Jack, like this could actually pay for, like this could set my family up for life. Like this could be a generational income. And I know that sounds so crazy if you're not into this, but I really do think like that. Like the decisions I'm making right now, because I'm so bullish on on these things, I, I feel like there does exist a future where there is a very small percent of the population that holds these coins and the people that do are going to be extremely wealthy. And so why, why, why is it that you think, what's the logic behind Bitcoin going to 300? The same reason that nobody thought it would hit 20,000. What's, what's the logic? It's, it's an, again, I don't, I don't know. I have no basis for this other than the fact that when it was at $800, people said it was crazy. And then when it was at $1,000, people thought it was crazy. And then it's just been, it's been the same story every month, every quarter. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there's probably a bubble. You will see a correction. And then in my opinion, it will just keep marching. So maybe it's at 26, maybe it hits 50. It'll drop back to 35. And then a year from now, it'll be at 75. And then a year from now, maybe it'll drop again, but then it'll be back up to 100. Like No, no. And, and, and that's, that's completely that, – that's fair. But I'm like, what, what's, what the, what's the logic behind it? I, other, other, other than just straight, I, I, I'm, I have a strong belief I think it's, that this is – So I, I think it's supply and demand. I think that it's the – it's the you know it's it's the analogy it's the I have twenty one million pieces of paper in my garage. How much do you want to pay for one? And oh by the way, I only have eight million pieces of paper left. Hey, just checking in on you. I only have five million of these pieces of paper left. Um, yeah, but then also like, also now on the block, there's like five hundred other houses that are selling paper as well. But this is the original house, though. You know, this is like. This is the and this is where this kind of and maybe so maybe it's the nostalgia value that I really do. That could be this thing that's holding my brain to this valuation that there's something that tells me somebody is going to pay an exorbitant amount of money if they cannot get it 
themselves. Like, so, okay, right now we take for granted. You go to Coinbase right now, you just buy a Bitcoin and you just get Bitcoin in your. So, mm-hmm. if you have, if you had like 50K right now, you could just go buy some two Bitcoin, just pop mm-hmm. it in your wallet. One day you won't be able to do that. You, the only way you'll be able to do it is by trading with somebody. So, mm-hmm. well, I guess you're technically just trading with them right now. But anyway, that's kind of complicated. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, th- there will just be no more. Okay, or imagine if imagine if we found out that there was no more gold in the solar system. Mm-hmm. And there would never be more gold. There's actually nothing... Well, okay, gold's kind of weird because there is some kind of cool property. No, no, I, 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 I completely get it. Supply and demand. Yeah, so I, I just think that... And there's a lot more than like 21 million pieces of gold floating around there. There's probably you know trillions of gold floating around. So... So of, of the of the of the twenty one million, uh, what, how much how much how much is out there right now? Oh, I have to check. I don't remember. Um, it's gonna hit peak in twenty thirty two. Hang on. Let me pull up this chart here. So we are in 2018, and there is 16 million in circulation. Yeah. So, or in in 2018, there will be 16 million in circulation. Okay. But by but, but by, did, but by 2033, you... it'll be um, all 21 million. So it's 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 decaying. It's like um, it's slowing down as it hits. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, okay. And I guess, I, I don't know, like, it's also like all the money coming in right now is, is public money. That's really what's causing this big run up in sure. the past year is public money, really. Sure. Right. But what, okay, so hypothetically, what happens if the government just says, you know what, there's too many loopholes here. Um, There could be a lot of, we're not getting enough piece of this pie here um this bitcoin stuff is illegal tender illegal or legal illegal it's gonna go even higher if it goes illegal why why do you say that because then there will be a real grassroots effort of people to make it a true so if the u.s yes would would it though 100 percent. so so if my if my if my my dad had um two bitcoin right now and then suddenly the government says it's a legal tender and he's like what the fuck i can't do anything with this yeah it, it's you it's completely useless like i can't yeah uh, even if i cash it out for, it's useless like, it'll be useless for five years and then it'll okay. be worth three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> yeah but why 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 but why though i i just believe so i'm kind of like a i think the more i got into this stuff i'm i i believe this manifesto of government should not have control of money supply so i think that if the so take take the u.s it would take the u.s china's all but already started to ban some of this mm-hmm. stuff they've banned icos mm-hmm. and look and look what happened to the ether market it went up when they banned the ico well it went down and then it then it went way up mm-hmm. so it's because when you ban something you're scared of it and if you're scared of it it means that it's exactly what the crypto people originally said. Governments will be afraid of this. They will try to ban this. And mm-hmm. if they do that, it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy where you'll get enough people like me 
who are kind of on the sidelines right now who might say, you know what? Like maybe this is what I'm going to do. Maybe I'm going to spend my time building a true decentralized. So again, they can't make it illegal in the sense of like, you're not going to go to jail for holding currency. But suddenly, um, suddenly your, your 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 five Bitcoin is like essentially five Canadian tire money. Well, yeah, basically, Scotiabank will not do anything with that. Like, no exchanges will be able to. Um, Coin Coinbase won't even let you cash out. Yeah, well, they don't. Coinsquare in, won't can't let you cash out. Yeah, nobody yeah, exactly. will let you cash out. Yeah, nobody will. Fair, fair enough. I, I still, to me, that would be the biggest vindication for Bitcoin. No, no. So it's a vindication of the movement of, of like the idea of this. Sure. But if you can't use the money, then what? But there's too much money in the system. There are too many billionaires holding Bitcoin to just let that happen. So it's it's not going to happen. Like, so sure, maybe your dad feels cheated that he spent 60K or 30k or 40k on two bitcoin and now he can't really do anything with them for the next but believe me you have you know tech ceos tech visionaries russian billionaires yeah i mean it, it, they're not just going to let this thing die so if anything it could be the catalyst to really create this economy that people are waiting for and I think the reason why they're not doing it right now, the reason why we're not seeing more innovation and more push to adopt uh, like practical uses of these cryptos is because there's no good reason to yet. It's still more trouble than it's worth. It's just easier to, to use cash. But if that becomes not the case, I feel like those technologies will mature so much faster. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, I think yeah. the best thing that, that Bitcoin could do for my family's fortune would be to outlaw Bitcoin or the U S would do would be to outlaw Bitcoin. And I'm talking like I have a lot of Bitcoin. I don't, but I, I think that 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 would just solidify everybody to, to, to actually make something happen. I, I don't know. I, yeah, but I just wonder what, what they're going to do. Like what's, what's China doing now? Are they, have they now accepted it? Uh, China's against ICOs. They've only made a call against... So ICOs are those initial coin offerings we were talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are just littered with insider trading and, and fraud, the same way crowdfunding is. So the best way to think about ICOs is crowdfunding. Um, crowdfunding gets frauded all the time. And people promise things that they have no intention of delivering. And mm-hmm. that's what ICOs were doing. So you and I create pencil coin. And we tell everybody that we're building some decentralized way to buy pencils online. And we mm-hmm. create this beautiful website and this nice white paper with a lot of math in it that looks really cool. And then it turns out that like we're just fucking off and, you know, whatever. We're playing video games and we had no intention of actually building the decentralized pencil market. And yeah, and people get fucked on the daily. You hear about these stories all the time. Mm-hmm. So China basically said, you know, we know that there will be people in China who want to exploit this given the other things they've tried to exploit in the past. So we're just going to mm-hmm. say, you know what? No, you're, you get caught doing this stuff. You're going to, you're going to go to jail. Okay. And which is probably a smart move. What's it really interesting? The SEC yesterday came out and said, buyer beware. 
mm-hmm. and and we will intervene when it's really sketchy. So yesterday they shut down an ICO, but mm-hmm. they actually the reason why Ethereum doubled in the past three days is because the SEC or sorry the SEC yeah, SEC yeah mm-hmm. they came out there and said yeah this is pretty cool this is a very interesting way to raise money and as long as you're not stupid about it yeah you should try this ICOs are good to go and that was just like a you know nobody expected that to happen everybody thought that they were going to take China's stance and they actually took a very pro innovation stance and mm. that's pretty cool that the US is kind of leading the way on we don't really understand this and you have to be very careful because there's a lot of people and we're not going to help you like unless it's really egregious um but yeah go ahead and raise some funds like this if you think you can hmm yeah um I, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I, so, I I guess I guess what I'm getting at with you is just like, de- how do you decouple the emotional side of this versus the pragmatic side okay. of it? So Bitcoin, I'm totally emotional, irrational on. Litecoin and Ethereum, there's a very strong case for. So the thing we didn't talk about with Ethereum is this mm-hmm. concept of, of gas or power. So. Okay. In order to run something on the Ethereum virtual machine, you have to give up something. And they do this to prevent spam. So the the best analogy is, imagine if you had to pay money to send an email. Would you send less emails or more emails? Less. Less. Would you be more careful about who you send emails to? For sure. Right. So that would probably be a good thing, right? It'd be kind of cool, actually, if we could just pay pay for emails. And... That's what Ethereum has built into their smart contract system. So in order to execute a smart contract for whatever it is, you need to give up something. In this case, Ether. Ether like the, so Ethereum is the network. Ether is the, the, the money. Mm-hmm. So if you want to run a complicated transaction, you have to spend a lot of Ether. If you want to run a little bit, you have to spend a little bit of Ether. So they've essentially built in an anti-spam skin-in-the-game style mechanism where if you believe what I believe, which is that one day you will be able to buy your house on the Ethereum blockchain, then you're going to need to power that transaction with money that the consumer is always going to have to provide. So I believe that there will be apps and websites and services that will let you buy a house, but they're going to say, yeah, but you need Ether to run this machine. So that's the payment. And most people won't have Ether or Ether is going to be so expensive that they're going to have to pay these crazy fees in order to um, like, you're going to have to buy it at market value. And at that point, ether might be worth, let's say it's worth $12,000 or something like that. I don't know. Let's just pick a number mm-hmm. Let's say it's even worth $2,000. So this isn't going anywhere. Like you will always need to power these transactions with ether. That's if you believe in the Ethereum blockchain, that's just a primitive you have to agree with. It's like electricity. You need electricity to run a computer you need Ether to run a smart contract. So I think that this is the 1800s and someone just told us that cars were going to run on gas and we can buy gas now for, I mean, it used to be $200 a barrel. Now it's $600 a barrel. But mm-hmm. one day that gas is going to be worth $2,000 a barrel. So guess what? If you're in the 1800s and someone tells you that 
cars are going to run on gas and you have a chance to buy gas, you should buy as much fucking gas as you can. Alternatively, so, alternatively, people are just going to not use Ether or not use Ethereum. No, but they will because they're going to want – because but if it's cost, but if all the other networks are going to get so full of spammers and shit and crap, they're going to come crawling back to this safe, fast uh, Ethereum system. But if it's cost prohibitive, but it won't be. We're talking like um, it's it, it's sorry. And again, my, the numbers I'm picking are not the right numbers. But mm-hmm. the, okay, again, think about the email scenario. Imagine if Gmail had have launched with an ICO. And they said like, hey, here's this Gmail coin and they cost uh, two cents. Mm-hmm. And you and you and I bought 10,000 of these two cent coins. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden one day they're like, well, you know what? The market stabilized. Now it's going to cost you, I don't know, uh, 50 cents to send mm-hmm. an email. It's still mm-hmm. not so cost prohibitive that people won't use the service. But you and I just basically got a free ride. So No, I kind of I, I kind of think if it gets to a certain point, people are going to be like, no, the whole point I'm using this stuff is because it's supposed to be the transaction fees are going to be low. Like no, this, I wouldn't this even be nothing, on crypto. No, no, this has nothing to do with transaction fees. Nothing to do with transaction fees. That's not why people use crypto. People use crypto because it's decentralized. It's yeah. public. Yeah. And it's like that that's that's why you use it. It's it's trust. So no, no, there, there's definitely the trust, but then I'm just saying like if if suddenly emails cost from 2 cents go to 50 cents, I just Someone else is going to come up with a new email thing, and it's just going to be like, why, why, why pay fifty cents when you can use our service and you can co- you can pay two cents again? Mm, maybe, maybe, but but like, again, by but by that logic, I just think that I'm sure that same thing happened with gas, where someone said, "Wow, why are you guys using gas? Propane is so much cheaper than gas. I have cars that run on propane." Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, and like one percent of the population uses those. So it is cheaper. In fact, diesel's cheaper than gas. But people don't they don't run their cars on gas. They 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 run or they don't run them on diesel. They run them on gas. Mm. So it's it's just like you're totally right though. Someone could try to go make a new network, but my but feeling there, is but, that but there's already so many though, right? Like but no, but they're all powered by Ethereum. That's the joke. They're all on the Ethereum blockchain. All these right. tokens are all Ethereum. Right. So there you're you're. Ether is the mother currency of all of these. So if you own Ether, you own all like it's so if, if you're holding Ether right now, you mm-hmm. can get into the token market in seconds at, mm-hmm. at an insane prices. Um, so but I guess <clears throat> if you're saying we are in the first inning of this whole game is essentially they're going to be one currency to rule them all. No, you'll use different currencies for different things. Okay. So I think you're going to use Ethereum. Um, so to... you'll use Bitcoin. Yep. Oh, go, no, Sorry, go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, no. So, so would you use Bitcoin for like buying a house? You use Litecoin for buying a coffee? Use Ethereum for like, or would you use like Ethereum for buying a house? Because it has a smart contract. Like, exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah. So I think like if you want to do smart contracts, you'll use Ethereum. And we kind of went down that rabbit hole for like a possibility of what a smart contracted world could look like. Mm-hmm. And if you want to buy a coffee, it's a controversial theory, but my bet is that Litecoin is going to win that battle. Okay. Um, but if we're in the first inning of this game, it's possible that in inning two, another, uh, maybe 
maybe it's a splinter off Bitcoin. Maybe it's a clone of that tech and they sure. just kind of build the same thing and it's called like pencil coin. Sure. And that becomes a de facto. Sure. Yeah. So you mm. got to keep your head on the game and you got to move your, your money there. Like that, that's what Litecoin was. So, but, but, but in, but in real pragmatic at day to day, like sense though, wouldn't transactions be easier under one currency? Of course. Yeah. But it, that, and again, I think so. The reason why I'm betting on Litecoin is because Coinbase has a vested interest in making Litecoin a thing, mm-hmm. and I think I have no insider knowledge on this. I just think that Coinbase is going to try to do what PayPal did for the internet with crypto. So mm-hmm. I won't be surprised if, he, if within the year they partner with Amazon and they have a buy with Litecoin button on every Amazon page. You just mm. you can buy with Litecoin the same way you could buy with. Uh, anything it takes about 30 seconds to confirm a litecoin transaction that's not going to go up anytime soon it would be very easy for them to partner with alibaba amazon whoever they want and just say yep we've just added a litecoin button to 50 million web pages and you would see litecoin stabilize and i I really think that they're going to do it with litecoin and litecoin has other advantages that we can we don't have to get into now but it's litecoins are really popular um it's got a lot of good things going for it and they have a vested interest in it because they bought the guy who made litecoin he works at coinbase and uh, they probably all hold hundreds of thousands of litecoin themselves so they Mm -hmm. have a selfish interest to make it the mother uh, transaction currency so that's Mm -hmm. the bet i'm that's a bet i'm making and um, I think that ethereum will will i think ethereum is the most interesting so if, if you were to ask me what's going to be around in 50 years, I think there's a chance Ethereum will still be around and everything else will be not around. Mm. Because Ethereum is a very, it's a, when you read, and I, I recommend you, uh, if you, I mean, it's, 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 it's heavy, but if you just read his paper on, like it, this guy is like a prodigy. He's actually Canadian. He's from Waterloo. Mm-hmm. And well, he's Russian, I think, but he, he, he went to Waterloo and lives in Canada. And uh, it's insane. Like, it's just like reading this stuff from like another planet, but it all kind of makes, it makes sense. It's very utopian in Mm -hmm. in how he describes it, but you can, I can just, I can believe that if enough people get behind this movement, that it could really change the way we, we do things. And it's important to know with Ethereum, there is no end in sight. There will always be more Ethereum. There's no cap ever. It's designed to continue making money the way that the US dollar or the, like, you can just keep making money if you want to, mm-hmm. or you could, or you could not if you want to, but it's a, there's no, it's not like Litecoin or Bitcoin. There's an endless supply. So should I cash out my Bitcoin and buy Ethereum? Oof, that's the, that's the million. Truthfully, that's like actually the million dollar question. And a lot of people, if you go online are talking about, I would say the bigger question is, do you cash out your Bitcoin and buy Litecoin? And there's a big part of me that says, yes, that, uh, yeah. And I'm literally struggling with this. Like I spent a good hour today trying to wrestle with how do I, how do you balance this, this portfolio? And the, the rational part of me says, you you fucking balance it. You, you, you equalize it. Like you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. You have no mm-hmm. clue what's going to happen. So don't try to stack the deck one way or another. Just, keep a little bit everywhere 
and oh, yeah, I know, but 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 again, to I uh, I won't give you numbers, but like mm-hmm. over the weekend, I saw what was happening with with um, Litecoin when I went with, up went four X. Yeah, so I sold a yeah. bunch of uh, I sold a bunch of um, Ethereum and moved it into Litecoin, and um, you know, you just magically it's just like making it's just like making money out of thin air. Like within five minutes, you've just made this, you're like, holy fuck. Like how does it, and and then you understand how these finance people get addicted to the markets because you can literally press a button and just watch money increase Mm -hmm. because you're, you're moving from one currency to another currency. And it's, um, you know, and then of course you wake up the next day and it's like down, 20% 20% <laughs> you're like fuck <laughs> so like you, you know you just just like there's no I don't know if if somebody knows what they're doing it's not it's not me I'm I'm uh but but again the scary thing is I feel like I've been telling this story to a lot of people and it's actually happening now so then there's this other part of my brain that's like no Ken you you knew this was going to happen you were right about this Mm-hmm. But I, I don't believe that voice at all because if I really believe that voice, I would have put a lien on my house and put five hundred thousand dollars into into Litecoin, and I'd be a you know a, a billionaire. And mm-hmm. so I didn't really believe it because I didn't put my money where my mouth was. I put a little bit of money where my mouth was, but I I can't really I, even though that voice wants to convince me that it was there. It really, it wasn't there. I'm, I'm like looking back in time and telling a fun story that I didn't really believe a year ago, you know? Mm. One of my biggest regrets were <laughs> I bought Bitcoin, like, I don't know, five years ago or so, uh, four, four or five years ago. And it was like at 800, I bought, I bought like whatever, not that much. And it, I swear immediately the next day it dropped and it started plummeting and it was at like 200 for like a good three years. I feel, I feel like I remember then that it, <laughs> then at that time, that's when I really should have went all in and bought. But I was like, this is Canadian tire money, man. This is like, you bought it from some sketchy. I bought it from some sketchy ATM yeah. at like this corner store. And I was like, wow, I don't know what the fuck this is. Like this is my money's gone for sure. This is nothing. The, <laughs> the computer just printed out this random number for me and that that's it, man. I just donated two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars or something, <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, I should have just—I I should have just put my my life savings into it. I'd be—I'd be at least on paper super rich. Oh yeah, I mean, I think everyone has a story like that. <laughs> I mean, I, my, uh, uh, yeah, it's not important, but what my, anyway, I I could have made a move that would have made me a millionaire on paper in January, yeah, like today. And, yeah. and truthfully back then it wasn't even that big of a deal. It was just one of those, we happened to, uh, find ourselves with a, a like a lump sum and mm-hmm. I thought about it. And again, that's where I said, like, I, I didn't really believe it or else I would have, I would have done it. And yeah. And you know, you, you play those games. Hell, a, a friend of mine, I think I told you, I've told so many people the story now, but when I was at Top Hat, uh, he who will not be named, who now uh, uh, works at SpaceX, we 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 looked at his uh, computer terminal and he showed like I I saw with my own eyes he had six hundred and twenty two Bitcoin, 
This was in wow. 2012, 2013. Yeah. Wow. And I don't know exactly what he did with it, but I know he sold some of it when he, he, anyway, he made a lot of money and everybody was, thought he was this genius hero. And I'm sure now he doesn't even want to talk about it because, uh, you know, what's the, I'm not good at math, but what's the 620? It'd be worth 10, 10 million dollars right now. There you go. So, wow. <laughs> Yeah, but, but but again, I mean, like, think about that though. I mean, my wife and I were talking about this because of that scenario I, I just told you about before. I, imagine you open up Coinbase tomorrow, and for some crazy reason, Bitcoin hits, uh, you know, five hundred thousand dollars just overnight. And, and you look at that, and you're like, "Oh, I have five hundred thousand dollars." Like, do do you believe that? Like, do you? There, there's no way for you to actually mobilize that money in one day. You know, you can't. You couldn't in one day get that money out. So you know, like if, if I wanted to, how, how would I even do that? Could I in if it was Coinbase, I lived in the US, I would then that money gets moved into my PayPal or something? No, they must have limits and stuff, though. Or on, it would go on, straight to my bank. It, it, would, go straight to, it would go straight to your bank account, but, but they, they'd have limits, right? The same way they have buying limits. So, yeah, I mean, it, it might take you 10 years to cash out that. I have no idea. So that's the fascinating thing. It's like, are you... Is it real? Like, are you really, you know, so it's a number on the screen, but, and again, even like friends of mine, um, I got really into, into this, the finance stuff after that movie, the big short, because I just, I thought it was so interesting how I, it wasn't until that movie that I realized that that game of, of stocks and futures and all that is really a zero sum game. So Somebody has to lose in order for somebody else to win. It's not a just like everybody makes money or everybody loses money. It's I know something you don't and I'm going to fuck you to make money, right? Like mm -hmm. I have to convince you to do what I want you to do, which is either sell or buy a position. And I have knowledge that tries to move you into either buying or selling that position, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, and then I started asking my friends better questions as I kind of started reading about it. And I have two friends that are, you know, big into the finance world and have done very well for themselves. And, and and they everybody in that world has these stories where they, you know, it's like they've been millionaires on paper 15, 20 times or, or even like crazy double digit millionaires. But until you can actually get somebody to, to trade with you, you've got nothing, mm -hmm. you know? So... Mm -hmm. And, and and that that actually haunts you even more because the computer's telling you you have this money but you don't have this money because nobody's willing to trade it with you right so mm -hmm. it's it's this funny kind of you know and that's where it's like it's not real until it's in your bank or until it's in your kitchen I love that that you know yeah I'm looking like what can I maybe that's what we should do it's just like hey is there something we've wanted to do that we just haven't had the money to like should we yeah, maybe even just like uh, go on a vacation or go on a, I don't know, maybe that's what you should do. Just take out like a couple thousand and or take out 500 bucks even and be like, fuck it, we're going to yeah. we're gonna put a new island on the, we're going to put a granite countertop on this yeah. island, you know? But it, it's just, it's just kind of scary because it's like any kind of bubble. Like I just wonder like, is it going to reach some point where there's, there's going to be some news, negative news, the public panics, the public tries to sell um 
and transactions take a bit of time to go through and people are just panic selling and <laughs> yeah. and when that happens um like the whole the whole whole bitcoin just starts tum- tumbling but that's when you buy <laughs> yeah 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 so so sure that that, that 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 might be when you buy but it could also be like maybe it doesn't hit maybe that happens at 100,000 and you're like it's going to hit 300 and then suddenly it's yeah. it's back it's back down yeah. to nothing that would be just awful and you can wait and you you're, you're you can be bullish and think that it's going to run back and it might but that might take another cycle to happen how much of this stuff do you share with alicia what do you mean of like like just like, just like crypto and i don't know i, I tell her she doesn't really I, i'm not i'm not super deep into it i think you're you're way deeper in this stuff than i am um <laughs> The reason why I ask is like Christina's just smarter than me on every dimension. So hmm. I, I, I have to ask her just because she's smarter than me and she sees things so much clearly, uh, so much more clearly than I do on, on like almost everything. So, but, <laughs> but I've had these moments where I'll get really excited and I'll like, you know, this was like even like way before I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like we made like 200 bucks. Like, are you kidding me? And I'd like send her a screenshot. And then the next day we'd like lose like $800. And then she'd, sometimes she'd ask me like, Hey, how's that going? And I'd be like, Oh fuck. Well, you know, we lost 800 bucks. And, (laughs) and now it's like, there's, there's almost a part of you that wishes you never told anybody anything. Cause then only you it's like, or it's like when you go to the okay how about this you ever been in the casino with like the boys and yeah. you start announcing how well you're doing and it's like oh my god boys i'm up like 800 bucks <laughs> and then like three o'clock rolls around they're like nick how you doing and you're like ah don't talk to me right now ah you know like i broke even when you really lost like an extra 200 but you can't admit it so you're like yeah ah, it's, bro- it's, yeah, it's yeah. always broke even ah, i broke broke even <laughs> i broke even and you wish you just had kept your mouth shut and then you you know so but right, right now it's still it's you're still riding hot so you should be you're, you're still screaming right now but but i see it just like gambling it's to me it's no it's no different right now than than being at a casino and the, it's like do you let it ride or do you put it in your pocket and i the, the, yeah. the, the problem with gambling man is just that when when you're up you think you're going to be hot forever Right. And when you're and when you're when you're cold, you feel you got to make it back, yeah. and it just keeps you in that game. Um, but isn't that exactly is, how? Isn't that exactly how it feels? Yeah, but it, it doesn't feel real to me, man. It feels like I'm like this is. I I see Bitcoin as like fuck. Okay, it has no real value as an actual currency. I have this thing here. It's a lot of people are buying it, but I'm like, is this any different than like? Like the like the tulip tulip mania, which was like the classic mobile yeah. story. Yeah, is there is there any is this any different than that? But, but I'm but like, hang on, it, it, but, yeah. But but maybe the better analogy is a casino. So, Bitcoin is like a house chip. Okay. So, you you it really is like a you're in this you're in this bubble ecosystem. There's a couple things you can buy. Maybe you can buy a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> maybe you can buy. A drink. But 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 you can. Nobody's gonna. Nobody in the right mind right now would 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 take Bitcoin for anything right now. Oh, I disagree. I think. Oh no, no, sorry, sorry. Everyone would take Bitcoin sure. right now. But but nobody is gonna. No, 
you you'd be dumb to do that because like you 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 a coffee that costs three dollars right now is gonna is gonna you, tomorrow it would have cost you three hundred dollars in hindsight. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying like I kind of like that analogy of when you're thinking about cashing out, the 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 calculus you're doing at a casino is, you know, you you can't you can't take that money and walk into the gift shop and buy something. You have to you have to cash out, you have to convert it out, right? So mm-hmm. now you could just put that in your pocket and go home and then bring that money back the next time and play in that same world again with your with your, your fake Canadian tire money. But I I don't know. What what what, what you really what the proper analogy is is that this is fucking play money in Dave and Buster's and I can only trade it in for a fucking eraser right now and this <laughs> money has no value outside of Dave and Buster's. Okay, that's a better that's a better uh and I'm and I'm stuck buying their shitty toaster <laughs> or 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 pencil there. That's all I can make. Yeah. Well, um maybe so I that... I don't know. I don't know, yeah. Well, I think we I don't know if this is going to be useful for people or not. It was useful just to sort of talk through it and get your thoughts on I I like that you're skeptical. It 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 reduces my fever of um and again, you know, we've talked about I I just know this about myself. Like I'm just so fucking gullible. And uh it's funny Joe Rogan had this uh guy on today Mick West, who runs a website called Metabunk. Mm-hmm. It's like a conspiracy theory debunking website. And I spent the, like the hour before this podcast looking up my favorite conspiracy theories that I think are, are bulletproof and just reading them on Metabunk and realizing how stupid I really am. <laughs> because... The explanations for one of the ones that I'm not even going to admit to on this pod, I read it and I realized that I will never be able to tell anybody that I ever believed that because reading the description, you're like, oh, wow, that makes a lot of fucking sense. I can't believe I spent even five minutes indulging this conspiracy theory. And, and, but it's just it's a it's a I I have a bug in my software and that's definitely so and that scares the shit out of me in this world because I sometimes think I know what I'm talking about which then reminds me how little I know what I'm talking about so uh, but honestly man I don't know like I I just I, I'm a little worried that it's a bubble I I, I think when you have people like um, like when your dad starts asking you about Bitcoin. Or your your mom like hey, so what's this Bitcoin thing? Tell me about Bitcoin. I want I want to buy some Bitcoin, Ken. <laughs> isn't that isn't that the the sign that you're like oh the shit this is a bubble? Yeah, probably. And I I don't know I I don't know. Like when when even in the housing like the housing right now is kind of leveling off, kind of dipping now. But there was a point where at like the peak, people wouldn't even like you don't do a home inspection. You just like. It's, homes are going to just keep running. So I'm going to buy it regardless. I'm yeah, going to buy yeah, 10 yeah. homes. I'm going to buy everything yeah. on credit. And th- those are signs. That I'm like, this is probably not going to run forever. This is probably we're, – we're kind of peaking right now when I, you know, this guy here has like three homes and five condos because it's going to just keep going. And there's 
all bull, all bull, hundred percent bull that this is going to live forever. Yeah, man. And when you when you put it that way, you know, again because my family, my my wife's family is in the real estate world. I mean, they were smart, so they they knew they they had the information to call it and said it is a bubble. They they had a very strong understanding of what was happening, and they mm-hmm. stayed the fuck away from it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's like this is so new. Does anyone? Well, and you're right. I mean, you could just extrapolate from what's happening in other industries and say, yeah, that's probably what's happening here. So you should take some money out now. And in fact, now I'm getting scared and might spend the next hour trying to think <laughs> about taking, you know, 500 bucks out of my. Uh... I, I I don't know. I, I like I don't. Know. I, I, but then you you Bitcoin could run to 300,000, and you'll feel like you'll be you'll be upset. Well, okay, and then maybe I'll I'll end my final thought. And I'll give you the last the last word on it. So, I I it's not like I went and put my life savings into this thing a year ago. I took a play amount of money, and I have made more play money from the initial play money that I had. So I think I'm in the best case scenario where I had no expectations, and now I have a little bit of profit. So. Mm-hmm. There is this voice in my head that's kind of like a casino. It's like, look, you came here expecting to lose 200 bucks, and now you have 800 bucks in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Put it on black and let that fucker ride and see. And it's just, you don't care anyway, because you came in here thinking you were going to lose that money. And how exciting is it, that 30 second feeling of watching that ball bang oh, around? Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's, there's, there's yeah. nothing like it. That's what you're paying for. And so, but I also think I have a gambling problem when I hear myself describing roulette like that. So I, dude, I, people gamble. Like I, I gamble honestly for that split moment before you know the outcome. Me too. And, and you and I are probably the same. I go to the casino with a set amount of money that I'm willing to lose. And I treat it like a movie. It's like I could go to a movie and, and dinner and spend a hundred bucks or I can go to the casino and expect to. I feel like you're a little different. You're kind of more of a professional gambler, actually. Oh, I don't, don't, don't. <laughs> that's not, that's not fully true. No, no, no. But like you, like I remember, like you actually like know how to play poker, and like you're, like you're the kind of guy I would never play poker with. No offense, because I just know you'd kick my ass so bad. Like I'd never no. play against you for money. I, I just have, I have more of a gambling problem than I think you do, but I. <laughs> You're like you're like Bill, you're different. like you're like Bill Simmons. Like I would love for him to be honest about how much money he spends a week because oh, yeah. he's sort of yeah. dropped hints as to because <laughs> like sometimes he'll talk about how much he lost and he'll put it in perspective. Like man, like that's a that's like a, a weekend away with the family or like he'll you know he'll sometimes like drop yeah. some like you're like wow. So is that like is that like a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, like ten thousand bucks. Like I don't know what kind of hotels this guy stays at. So, um, but I, part of me gets the feeling like these guys, he and that Sal guy, maybe they're spending like ten, fifteen k a week. I've I have no idea. Yeah, but you know, when I, I, you make a certain level of income, then you gamble with that respective amount. That yeah, you, yeah, exactly. That you feel it, right? You got to feel it. Um, but it's, it's kind of fucked up, man. Like I, I, I know that feeling in the casino where you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna let it ride. It's play money. 
but there's that time those times when you are smart and you walk away mainly because you just had to go something came up and you just had to you had to leave and you just said you're like oh yeah yeah i was up 300 400 and that's like the story of the week everyone here is like how much money you won yeah um but yeah, there's that shitty feeling when you when you played that eight eight hundred or whatever at that roulette table like you're talking about, and you lost that, and you're like, "Fuck, that was such a stupid decision," and you're just yelling yourself the whole night because it was completely unnecessary. Oh man, the, one of the lowest points of my life was I was at Caesar's Palace in Vegas, mm. and I had lost two or three hundred dollars on roulette, mm. and I. I did the terrible thing where I told my wife I was going to the bathroom, went to the eight, went to the ATM, <laughs> took out three or four hundred bucks, and just put it on black cash. Like I just pulled that baller move where I just like went to a roulette table. I just put the money down and was like black. And <laughs> this is this sounds like a made up story, but it's not a made up story. This guy was there with his son. And his son was too young. He wasn't even gambling. And he's like, now you see, son, that's what you don't want to do. Like, <laughs> like literally, like, now like, no, here's an idiot. And uh, anyway, I hit black. And, oh, nice. Um, and then I just went and, like, sat back down next to my wife, just all, all super casual-like. And then later that night, she uh, she was counting the money. And she's like, wait a minute. Like, I thought you said you've lost money. And I was like, oh, I went back to the ATM. <laughs> I'm like, I think I have a problem. <laughs> I, oh, I, I told man, you I was going to the bathroom, but I actually went to the ATM. I'm so sorry. I think I have a gambling problem. <laughs> the, the, it was one, one time I went to the casino with my buddy. First game, we walked right in. We, we were young. We had like $150 bankroll. We put it all, both of us put it on like red right away. And we <laughs> lost it like immediately. <laughs> we drove like an hour and a half, two hours to this fucking casino. And then <laughs> we lost, lost it like, immediately. That's it? Like that, that was it. That was it. And I was like, okay, that's all I'm walking in with. That's fine. My buddy, he starts, he tries to take money out, but he took money out earlier and his bank stopped him. They, they're oh, like, no, no you hit your limit. So you can't bad. take more money out. He so he starts calling the credit card company <laughs> trying oh, to get extra no. increased limit. I'm like, oh man, this is a terrible story. No. This is just going to end bad. Yeah. Um, but he does it and he, he pulls he pulls the Ken Fanwick right there and he, he, he manages to break even. Oh, um, but... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end on on this one, one, one thing. I'm gonna read to you the bubble, a bubble graph. Okay. So, so if you just Google like I don't know bubbles and uh, and and graphs, it just follows the emotional curves that people go through, or just the general like bubbles and and what happens. So you know, there's a takeoff where it initially leaves, and then people make a bit of money, they sell off, and suddenly it's like oh shit it's it gets a bit of media attention it starts going up and suddenly there's a lot of enthusiasm <laughs> the enthusiasm leads to greed the greed leads to some delusion and then there's like a new paradigm and it's interesting because i was following this this kind of curve when i was like trying to buy a house and i was like fuck where are we on this curve because i feel we're close to the top and at the new paradigm, that's when people I started talking to were like, yeah, I buy it. I bought like uh, I have a million dollar in credit from the bank. I'm just going to buy this house. Yeah. I'm like, can you even pay that off? He's like, it, it's fine. Like the, uh, the, it's, the house is going to keep running. It's fine. Right. Or people who, who bought like five houses and three condos or whatever. Then it starts dropping a bit and there's denial. <laughs> and 
And it's like, no, no, it, it, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. And it, it dips. And then it, it jumps. It has a little bit. It bounces a little bit. And then it just starts collapsing. And then there's fear. And there's capitulation. And then there's despair. Despair is at the very, <laughs> the very, very bottom. What's capitulation? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google that so I don't, I don't, I don't fuck this up. Capitulation. <laughs> is that like? Um, I feel like it means like, like where you like? Is it like a regret or something? Or um... the action, the action of surrendering or ceasing to resist an opponent or or demand. Ah, so you kind of just throw your hands up. Yeah, like I'm fucked. You, you, you <laughs> give it up, and then it's just despair is at the base, at the very bottom, and then is a return to mean. So it just mm. it bounces back mm-hmm. a bit, and basically you are better than at takeoff, but linearly not by better. much. Not yep. by much. Not by much. That's so, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wonder where where in this whole curve are we right now? Because I feel we we are like running. Need maybe or yeah. maybe illusion. Talking to you, it sounds like this is the new paradigm, and. I don't know, maybe, maybe, but it might, it really, it might be. Or, but, but again, I think to your point before, Bitcoin could be delusional. Ethereum could be the new paradigm and Litecoin could be like, so it's like all of these things could actually be having their own bubble curve, right? So Bitcoin yeah. is probably the, the most like a bubble, whereas Ethereum and Litecoin might be at different stages, right? Yeah, but like, I think if Bitcoin pops, everything pops. Exactly. You're right. Cause I, yeah. And I think... And again, like my, if I had the analytics that that Coinbase has, here's what I'll bet you people did. They signed up for Coinbase. They went to Bitcoin. We're like, whoa, that's expensive. They saw Litecoin at $120 last week. And we're like, yeah, that looks good. Yeah. I'll buy 10 of those. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get this run on Litecoin because people came in there expecting to buy Bitcoin, had no idea how expensive it was. And then we're like, oh, yeah. Litecoin looks good. Yep. And then, Dude, I, that was my plan. Remember last week we talked about this. I was like, I'm gonna cash on my Bitcoin and buy Litecoin because oh it's people who are. It's like the housing market. People can't afford detached houses. They're That's gonna right. get into condos. Yeah, maybe I just stole that from you. Fuck, you're right. You should have done that. <sighs> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> oh my but God. then you would have five extra money. When I when I was trying to sign up for for uh, Coin, Coinbase, though, I was like, oh, I don't want to enter my information here. And that stopped me. I didn't want to enter all my uh, my, my wallet information. I was like, "You guys are gonna get hacked," and it's like exactly what we talked about. And I got scared. Oh, I know. That's well. Anyways, I, I, I like where this went. I think this. Uh, I think we rounded <laughs> this off well. I know exactly which audio I'm gonna use for the intro and and for anyone out there who uh, came here for facts. And actual knowledge and information is probably not the best place to go. Um, no. no, there's <laughs> but, this great uh, thing called Google and YouTube. <laughs> check that. Um, check that shit out. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe we'll try to get a. I have a relatively solid person that I know very well that I could try to bring on if you think that's interesting. And by the way. We should have done this at the beginning of the episode. I'm going to start throwing this in a little bit. It'd be great if you went and just left us a review, an honest review, whatever you feel. You give us a give us a give us a four, maybe give us a five if you're feeling generous. You give us a three. I want to know why, uh, but uh, we'll take anything that we get. And uh, but, you know, if you enjoy the show, 
give us a review and <laughs> I just got this email. Oh god. That says, I'm interested in investing in blockchain infrastructure. Ooh. What do you what do I think? Wait, who oh from a friend? Yeah. Hey. There you go, man. Tell him, uh, tell him to send you a big. Uh, tell him to send you fifty Litecoin, and you'll talk. This is this is this is, this is like 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 your mom calling you right now, asking you to buy some Bitcoin for her. This is a, this is this is peak. This is peak, man. This is uh, this is it. Oh, okay. Um, well, cool, dude. Good, uh, good chat, and yeah, we will. Uh, Talk again soon. Thanks for thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> All five of you. <laughs> See you, dude. Later, bud. What? Knowing what to keep, cause every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser, and the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. And when he finished speaking, he turned back toward the window. Crushed out a cigarette, faded off to sleep. And somewhere in the darkness, the gambler, he broke even. But in his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your Sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the dealing's done, you got to know when to hold them. When to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the dealing's done, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table.